Hi folks, it is Wednesday the 17th of August 2022. This is the Phil Swallow podcast. Welcome. Episode 127, a huge boost and then a little emoji of a chart with the line or the trend going upwards. So I can explain about that as we go through the show. Excuse me, a little bit croaky. Um, Right, so what I'd do a slightly different format to the show today and which is to kind of go through the contents and then go back and go through them if you see what I mean because I don't normally say up front this is what we're going to cover in any great depth so got to try these things out uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit a little bit about the weather because um, I'm going to talk about a little chat I had with a neighbour history related I'm going to talk about my latest video release about Eddington Hills and the fire that was then I'm going to talk about the main topic, which is YouTube and how that's gone, which is really successful so far in the recent week. And then I'm going to talk a bit about airport parking costs, and then I'm going to talk a bit about our poor little cat, Dottie. Okay, from the top, weather. Well, the main weather warnings that related to the heat are now gone, and the weather pattern has changed. We're in a changeable um, so a bit cooler. I've still actually got the fan in in this room, which I don't think will be uh, intrusive to the listening experience. Just looking at the, uh, as I hit the table, uh, 20 degrees haze, it says at the moment. We'll use some thunderstorms later. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll do this now, my regular-ish podcast, and uh, then it'll be live and we can just get on, get on with our lives. But yeah, we're expecting some changeable weather. It might break for the positive in the next couple of days. And I need to get back to Farthing Down to do some daytime filming. I'm really lo- looking forward to that with my new excellent microphone, uh, the MKE 440 from Sennheiser, which I used recently. Uh, so I absolutely love that um, microphone. That was not the agenda. I'm not going to dwell on it. Anyway, weather's breaking, bit easier, a bit more humid. So even though it was hot, it wasn't humid. Now we've got some humidity because obviously there's dampness in the air, but... I think um, they said it may get warmer next week, but again, not super warm. Um, high 20s, perhaps, Celsius for those of us who are in non-Fahrenheit areas. So that's the weather, tick, done. Um, the next thing is a, a chat with a neighbour. Now, I've been doing these, we have a quarterly magazine, Residence Magazine, I'm on the committee, and I write a little kind of history story thing. Um some of it's connected to what I do on the videos and just general interest in local history. And there was a letter that was sent to, or handed in a little note, handed in to the chairman a few months ago now, two or three months ago. And it was a lady basically said she'd enjoyed reading what I'd written and uh, she didn't have any form of modern communication, no laptop or anything like that, but she'd be happy to have a chat. Now, there's a bit of a sadness to the story because at the time, I mean, she said she got married in the local church in St Mary's, Addington Village in 1949, um, had a reception at the Red Knight Cafe, which is an area, a place that really interests me. And my mum and dad got married in 57 in the same uh, same church. So kind of working back thinking quite elderly, so that's fine. Um, and she mentioned to me, she phoned me and she said, oh, my husband's going in hospital soon. So... I'll be in touch once, you know, things are settled down after that. Well, fast forward, unfortunately, her husband passed away. He was three months short of his 101st birthday. She's 94, but brilliant, absolutely brilliant, um, lovely lady. So we went over the things that she'd written out for me in a little note, and I 
you know, had a conversation with her about some of the other aspects and we talked about general progress and how things have changed. And she actually made a really good point that she said she's seen buildings being pulled down that she remembered being put up, you know, and quite old buildings sometimes. <laughs> so um, really fascinating. So with some of the information that she gave me, that just helps me to go a bit deeper into the stories. And uh, we didn't really get anywhere with the Canadian army in the area, which is something that I'm still pushing hard for. But uh, it was really enjoyable. It was lovely. I uh, just spent um, an hour or so around there the other day. It's only around the corner from where I live. So that was really nice. So Addington Hills fire site. Well, when we had the hottest day, this is the formal hottest day of, what is it, 40 point something on record somewhere in the UK on the 19th of July, there was a fire in um, Addington Hills. Now, this particular area is known for a viewpoint. As a viewpoint, you can see huge swathes of London. You can see the Wembley Arch. Apparently you can see Windsor Castle, but that might be a bit blocked now. And what I wanted to do was visit the site post-fire, but not immediately post-fire. I wanted to see what may have changed, how nature may have fought back. Um, so I went up there and uh, lovely warm day. It was before the really extreme heat that we had in this most recent spell. And I took my camera, my little kind of walk and talk camera and um, my bigger one to get some zoom pictures of London and it was really quite a nice video actually, I was quite pleased with it, my natural style and did a bit of filmic stuff with the uh, the views to some music of, uh, of London and the views have been pretty good so far on that one, it's over 100, for it's only been up a week today, 116 at something at the last look, 9 likes and um and a few comments, which I always like. I love the comments to to respond to those. But yes, it, it, I mean, I'll put a link to the video in the notes that accompany the podcast. But what I was impressed with is one that the there were signs of growth coming back. There were some little sort of sucker type shoots at the bases of shrubs, which may have been weeds, but they were very consistent. The bases of certain shrubs that that were in this area where the fire was. There's also some bracken, and in one case, this bracken or fern had grown about a foot uh, or so just in that three weeks. It was just just under three weeks by day, I think, when I actually went there. So that was good. But also what was terrible was just the amount of litter there. And, And apparently it was quite sort of overgrown scrub, and people would go up to the viewpoint. There's large litter bins right next to the viewpoint. But anyway, they would have a drink and just toss the bottle or whatever into the the scrub. And of course, this is what happened it was like a tinderbox and the sun rays must have got on the bottle bottle starts the fire you know the rest um so i i thought it was a tad different to what i'd normally do because it was at a sort of a current element to it topical element to it um but i enjoyed it all the same uh, so i might do some others like that i mean i have got some others to do in that general area and i'll probably do a recce for that soon and i mentioned that during the video but anyway have a look if you get some time it's not a super long video and uh, see what you make of it. So that was uh, that was good. So the next one is my YouTube boost. Now, very strange because I'd not put a, a video up and since something like the first of July or something um, during my little trip to Wimbledon, and that the views of that been pretty low. Um, but you know, I still did it. <laughs> it's still there. I'm not going to take it down. Anyway. Um, I was conscious that I'd not got round to doing any more. We'd had this extreme heat and I didn't really fancy going out and 
I couldn't really justify it, to be honest. Um, it's not really something that you would break a health warning to do. Uh, sorry, I always knock cables and things, but I probably noticed it more than you do. Anyway, so I decided to uh, just wait, um, do a bit of prep. So I've done some prep for the Farthing Down videos. So I'm gonna, I did record a sunset for that recently, so I'll add, I've added that in anyway to the draft edit. Um and I do plan to go to Croydon, but that got overtaken by events. Anyway, so uh, YouTube, despite me not putting anything live, the numbers of subscriptions just started to creep up a little. And I thought, well, I'm not going to knock that. Knowing that I then had the Addington Village, no, Addington Hills video to add into that, that can only be a good thing. So, you know, good. Thank you. I mean, it, the algorithm works how the algorithm works. It's just, you know, if if maybe a bunch of people are searching for something specific and I've covered it in a video, that might kind of boost various other things about how YouTube will automatically indicate that might to other people, that might be a video you want to watch next. And you can dig around and find out how people arrived at your videos um, and what sites may have been suggesting it or what other videos may have <coughs> been suggesting it. So a very strange thing, thing happened. Um, and what I'm going to do is firstly tell you how the numbers have gone up. And then I, I, out, outline, no, share, I don't know, tell you how, how it came about. So here we go. Now, there's not too much uh, numbering to absorb here. Now, my monthly new subscribers from March to July this year were as follows. March 8, then 16. 13, 11, and then 19 in July. So, you know, meh, uh, probably about average. Um, so that's that's one thing. And then, so within all of those numbers, up until the 13th, in fact, from the 10th of August until the 13th of August, my subscriber count was 487. On the 14th of August... They went up by seven to 494. On the 15th of August, they went up by a further eight to 502. On the 16th of August, they went up, well, that's today, but they went, no, it's not, it was yesterday, but they went up by 14 to 516. There's a bit of blurry lines here, but I just actually, just before I came on to record this, uh, I saw that I've now got 517. Um, I did do a little kind of social media post to say thanks to thank you to all who've helped me get to 500 uh, and now I'm at 517. So great. But I had well what I did know was that the the driving of these numbers was the video I made the walk and talk video I made about Sandstead last year and I'll put a link to that in the uh, in the notes as well if I remember. Um it was a standard format walk and talk it's probably only the second one I've done maybe the third done it last summer put it out there and it had reasonable number of views um and I was kind of thinking at some point I'm gonna get some kind of traction I don't know how I've, I've always wanted to try and trust the YouTube algorithm to recognize what I do and hopefully point it at the eyes of people that might be interested um I don't think there's too much magic to the algorithm but people always go on about it so I'm thinking, I'm, I did a bit of investigation, couldn't really find out where it was coming from. 
but obviously big numbers. Um, so my sister messaged me yesterday morning. She said, hi, Phil, don't know if you've seen, but there's a guy on here who's been highlighting your video. And it was on the Next Door app, which I think is actually around the globe. Um, it's the sales the next door one that I belong to, but it covers a very wide area. I think that's the way they work. They want people to, you know, and things to be shared quite easily across slightly larger networks. So I found the post and I, I saw some nice comments and I thanked the guy for highlighting it. There's a little bit of engagement, still had another couple of messages just this morning, actually. Um, so that was good, but also it made me think just how powerful that's been. Um, that video has been watched eight, nine hundred times in the last two to three days. Um, and it really doesn't show any signs of abating. But what's been really, really key for me is that the people that are watching it seem to be watching it in its entirety, or as near as damn it, pending interruptions. Um, but also they're taking time then to be to move on to the other videos. Now I set at the end of most of my videos, I'm fairly consistent with this, you can say to YouTube what you want to display on the last kind of 15 seconds or whatever, you can vary it. Um, you've probably seen these when you've been watching YouTube that two little windows might come up. Well, I always have pre pretty much always have the same thing, which is one, it's a big kind of subscribe button. Uh, and then I have two. One will be a relevant playlist. So if it's generally about airfields, then I'll put the general airfields playlist up. So people can go onto that subject matter. The other box you say, let YouTube decide what's best for this viewer. And I tend to do that. Um, and obviously it's of your videos, um, but it means that it might look at a bit deeper at their profile and what they look at before and what they like. Um, but I actually had a nice message yesterday, a guy, I think it was a, a cyclist, and he said, really enjoyed your sales video. I'm now gonna look at the rest of them. Great, I mean, if you're gonna look at all of them, Thank you very much. Uh, if you just want to look at some that are connected to the area or your level of interest, really pleased. Um, so I have to say I'm incredibly happy that this is happening. Now it might it might not last forever. I'm certainly bringing on some new subscribers, which is always wonderful. Um, and they do say there should be ideally a bit of a compounding thing. So the more you've got, the slightly quicker the rate increases anyway. We'll see about that, won't we? I can I can report all during the, uh, or through the medium of this podcast. Um, but I was saying to Sue yesterday that I I always put a lot of work into that. I said, I've, I've seen videos where technically I think I would have done things different and probably better. But the people that are putting these videos out have got a captive audience and massive follower counts and they know that they're tuning into what that person represents, what they cover, the way they tell a story. They're not going to look at the technicals, but I always felt if someone landed on my video, I'm quite a kind of technical guy in terms of how I put these things together and how I want the best gear for what I can do for the budget and so on. And I, I want to make sure that if someone just landed on it, they say, well, yeah, this guy cares about what he does. He's put a bit into it. He's done the research for the history and so on and so forth. So I've been really, really pleased that that kind of recognition is starting to come through, that people are jumping from one to the other to the other. So really, really pleased. Can't can't mention it enough. It, and it's been a huge boost, which is why I've titled this week's show, episode 127, A Huge Boost. 
couple of other final things to cover. Firstly, airport parking costs. Well, Gatwick Airport, our local airport, I did a drop-off for my son and his family. And I knew in advance they had this thing where they have a drop-off zone and it reads your number plate. You pay, I think you get till the following day to pay, £5 for 10 minutes. And then it's a pound per minute for any minute after that, up to a maximum of 25. You are literally pulling up at a curbside taking out the people in the cases and then driving off and it timed me there for six minutes so it was a fiver um they admit that they're doing this because they need to make some money after the uh pandemic and the fallout from it etc etc um i suppose fair enough at least i'm not trying to you know spin some other yarn uh, around it but it's a bit pricey if you see the amount of cars that come and go you know some people are being dropped off there and it might be one maybe two people and a couple of carry-ons or one, even one carry-on, and that's it. You could almost do it within a minute, and that's cha-ching, that's a fiver. Um, so I think they're making some serious coin, as we say sometimes on that. Coming back, it, it was a different experience altogether. So what you do there is you park up. I'm not sure that there's a pull-up option. There might be, but I I went for one of their other options, which is you park in the short-stay car park, then you go and meet your people you're collecting at arrivals and you go back to car and you pay for your ticket on the way back so park the car now there was a slight delay in their luggage coming through uh, it would have been five pounds for 30 minutes um, then it was something like eight pound for the hour um, so the delay in the luggage got the luggage we're going through there was also a delay or the fact that they not delivered the buggy, the baby buggy uh, carrier. Uh, I'm not sure even if they've rectified that yet because you can only voicemail them apparently. So that's pretty poor from Gatwick. If you're making all this money off us now, at least staff a telephone. You know, it's just ridiculous. So anyway, we'd finally got our stuff together and I've got to the ticket machine and I knew that it was within a minute or two. It was something like 1858. I bought my ticket or 1758. We got there at 1858. Um... So I put my ticket in. I have to move it around a bit for it to scan. It said, scan, you owe £8 because we've gone past the 30 minutes. Okay. So I put my watch up to the the little reader thing. There's a little kind of flash. I'm not even sure it might have been read. Nothing. Thought, oh, brilliant. Tried it again. Nothing. Conscious of the time here, £8. Got my card out of my, my um, bag. Debit card, which I thought I'd try that. Put the card in. Or well, actually tapped it initially. Nothing. Put the card in. Sorry, this can't be recognised. I thought, you are absolutely joking with me. It said, take your card out and reinsert it. You can probably guess where this is coming, can't you? Well, it cancelled the transaction. Pressed again, scanned my ticket. You owe £13. Yeah, that very convenient non-reading of the card cost me an extra £5 to go from... Well, I I was in the car park vicinity for uh, one, one hour, one minute. And I paid £13 for that privilege. Extortionate? Yes. So, they should have some leeway, particularly if their machines are broken. I've not followed it up yet. I don't know if I can be bothered. Um, what I'm probably going to do, though, is is may put it on video. Uh, I don't know, maybe just do a TikTok when I feel like it. Um, but I thought that was pretty poor. That magically, when I put it in after it had gone to the next price tier, it accepted it. It would read the card... And I could tap my number in and pin number and all that sort of stuff. So, 
awful. Uh, it did make me think next time we go to the airport, maybe the train might be the best option. You know, we'll get an we'll get an Uber maybe or whatever, a lift or something to the um, you know to the train station because that's just shocking. And last but not least, our poor little Dotty, our cat. So we've got two cats. Um, one's quite big and one's quite small. She's probably the run to the litter. Had them since 2016. And she had only ever been sick, really, by, by with a furball in her past, but she'd actually been sick a few times lately. And we heard her, or saw her and heard her on Saturday of sort of letting out a bit of a yowl and then being sick. Um... And she'd struggled a bit eating some of the dried food. We have dried food and like a pate food. Um, So we booked her in on Friday to go this Tuesday. Tuesday just gone yesterday. Went along there. We thought it might have been something tooth-related or mouth-related. He's examining her. He said she was... Her weight was down a bit from the five years ago that we took her. I mean, basically, thankfully, we don't have to take our cats to the vets very often. So... He examined her all around. Um, he's feeling everything. He's looking in her mouth. That would have been a challenge, but he, as he's a skilled vet. Um, and he was quite straight. He, was, he spent a lot of time in the sort of stomach area. And he said, um, right, okay, I'm going to be straight here. He said, uh, she's got a lump, and I think it may be cancer. Ah, okay. We weren't expecting that at all. That hadn't been on our list of possible things. Um, though, I mean, she's an indoor cat. Uh, she often gets little scabs and scratches and things. I think uh, if she went out, she would be a brilliant hunter, but she would get every bite and every little insect thing and every disease going. Um, so we we probably help her by giving her a lovely, warm and loving life in, in the house, to be honest. Um, so... He agreed it would do x-rays, blood tests, and take a needle aspirate, which is a test where they can find out what it might be. And I think there was four four or six different needle positions put in, looking at the bill for 460-odd pounds so far. And um, where we are at the moment is that she's back home with us. Uh, She's she's fairly settled. Uh, She's not quite playing with her toys. She was always a big fan of playing with her toys, but she's... She's rolling around a bit and being okay and fairly good temperament she seems to have. Um, just having a little sort of rest on the cushion when I came up. Been eating food, although we kind of have to put some of those dreamies in there to sort of encourage her the little kind of crunchy, naughty snacks. Um, and we're waiting. Uh, we will know mm, round about this time next week at best what, what she actually has. Um and what the treatment options are. And, you know, the treatment options will be either it's treatable or it isn't. Um, And then we've got to do what's best for her in the circumstances. And we will. We're not going to be selfish. We're going to do what's best for her. So it was pretty shocking. It was a pretty flat day yesterday. Um, As you would imagine, we get attached to our pets. They're great company. They're great friends. They're great characters. It gives us a lot of joy. Um, so we'll continue to do our best by Dottie uh, in the um, in the short term. And when we find out, we'll go with what's the best for her. Um, you know, sometimes these things can be treatable. Other times there is no real treatment and it could be aggressive. It could be spreading. I think he indicated that he didn't detect that. So it could be that it's contained in that stomach area. 
and he sort of indicated with his hand the size. I think it was sort of golf ball size or thereabouts, maybe slightly larger. Um, so yeah, pretty shocking, pretty devastating, really. Um, but let's hope when I record my next podcast, well, we'll know. I think a bit more, and um, providing I can bring myself to uh, to do an update, I'll do it. So anyway, sorry to end on that little bit of a sound note, but um, you know these things are part of life. Uh, they happen to everyone um, in one way, shape or form. Every being in one way, shape or form. So uh, we're just, you know, we, we're geared up, we're prepared. Um, I mean, we might possibly have to cancel our holiday that we booked in uh, the Peak District. But we'll see about that. Okay, well, coming up towards 25 minutes. So uh, thank you once again for listening to the Phil Swallow podcast, episode 127. And uh, look after yourselves. And I'll talk to you in the next one.